American United Federal Credit Union can often help when others won't. They can often approve loans even if you've had trouble being approved in the past. Qualifying for membership is easy. Learn more at amucu.org. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to My Lynn Advisors. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got Lynn Thomas, CEO of Egala. Uh, some some people have been through trauma. Talking about it is not necessarily going to fit for them or even going to be the most helpful thing for them. Horses give the opportunity to work through things physically as well as emotionally, and it doesn't require verbal talking. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to invite you to get involved with Child Rescue, the charity our founders started. To learn more about them, just come to our website, iCollective.co, and check on the Child Rescue tab on our menu. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all, so I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, Probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, So totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Lynn, thanks for making time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jess. So tell us about EGALA. EGALA is the Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. We're a nonprofit association for professionals who use horses for mental health treatment. And we are international, so we have members who are certified in our model of how we incorporate the horses. We have people certified around the world. Now we have over 4,500 members in 50 countries. Wow. Um, and did you did you start it or how did it get going? Yes. I co-founded EGALA, uh, myself and another person. And uh, since then, we've parted ways. And um, and so I continue to be the CEO of EGALA. We're a nonprofit, so we have a board of directors. Uh, our board of directors is always is a term limit. So we're always revolving on that. And yeah, so it's been since 1999 we've been going. Sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm such a big fan of a couple of people on your team, uh, Jackie Balmer and, and Jen Alasco. And, um, I know Jackie's been involved for quite a while. Um, besides that, I have like a 12 year old daughter and a wife who love horses. Uh, what do you think is unique? So unique about working with horses in a way like this? 
Well, I, I'm a I'm a mental health therapist, so I've been involved with lots of different ways of helping people in different settings. I also did a lot of wilderness therapy, I, ropes courses, and I've just always been a big believer in experiential approaches to change and learning, namely that we're doing more than just talking. And I got involved with the horses, and that's where I really said, wow, this is extra amazing. And I think there's a probably a lot of several reasons why horses make it a, an extra dynamic and unique experience. One is, I think, involving animals in general. I think people getting outside in nature is really helpful. And then adding the animal component, um, animals just in general bring out great opportunities to develop relationships, reduce our stress. Um, but horses add an extra unique aspect bes- uh, on, just besides other animals. Um, some of those are one, they are big, so it gives an opportunity for people to, uh, people tend to be maybe a little fearful of them, uh, their size, and they're not someone, an animal that you can just boss around and, or bully around for people who need to work on things like that. They really are, um, they're not going to do something just because you ask them to do it. So they really require us to have to really search inside and find our strengths and and approach things that may be fearful for us, which is a good metaphor for other things in life. Um, the other aspect about horses that I think is so interesting is because they're a prey animal, they're really exceptional at reading nonverbal in their environment, nonverbal messages. And we're always sending those nonverbal messages. So next thing you know, those horses are responding in ways that become very familiar to other relationships and things in our life. So the horses start acting just like our spouse or our children or our coworkers or our addictions or dreams or different things that are happening in our life. And that gives people an opportunity then to work through those things in a really emotionally safe environment. And the horses, they don't care what you say. They really pick up on on what's really inside of us. And so they don't change until we really make changes deep inside. So that's another one of the neat things that I enjoy working with them is because you can sit in an office all day and talk about problems and solutions, um, things going on in life. But the horses give an opportunity to almost give this immediate feedback about really what's really going on um, and how you can really make changes. Yeah. You know, um, at our consulting firm at, at Milan, I was telling you before we started, you know, how obsessed we are with this documentary that's on Netflix called Buck about the, the real life horse whisperer guy. Uh-huh. And, um, it's interesting all the, like the chances for human change that you see just in that documentary where that's not the purpose of it and where you guys are intentionally working on it. It's uh, I'm interested to hear more about the model, but can you talk for just a minute about how this is not just like a dude ranch, come have fun riding horses around. Like you have a master's in social work. This is actual like mental health work. It's not um, just come have fun kind of thing. Yeah. Thanks for asking about that because sometimes people think, Oh, this is just like any other, you know, riding horses or learning about horsemanship. And what we're doing is very specific to addressing mental health and personal development objectives. And we have a professional team. We have a licensed mental health professional working with a qualified equine specialist in all sessions. And what we're doing in those sessions are not, we're not teaching people about horses. The, the, the arena, the space, the horses and everything in it are meant to be a parallel to life. And we're structuring sessions deliberately to address 
and and become that parallel. Uh, we call it a story. Basically, it's an opportunity for clients' stories to unfold, uh, whether it's your your individual story, your organization's story, your family story, and the horses begin to play out um, what's happening in life. And so it, it's very it's a much more deliberate ap- approach to meeting those objectives. And we're versus we're not teaching about the horses and we're not riding horses. Everything we do in Egala is on the ground. We want the horses just to be themselves and to respond however they're going to respond because that's what gives us the information and the, our clients the information and insights into what's happening both in themselves and in their relationships. Sure. So, you know, everybody who listens to the show um, gets to hear about child rescue on every episode because we're always talking about it. Um, and so different guests that we've had who have worked with, um, you know, different um, victims of trauma and specifically trafficking victims. Um, can you talk about any of the success stories of maybe populations like that who have been through your program of just um, some, some example of somebody who had been through something tough and why you think this program worked for them? Yes. I, I mean, I'm really – I'm a big believer, of course. I'm usually my my own bias, I suppose, too. But the the feedback we get, and we even have some data around how the horses can really impact, especially trauma. Uh, we have some uh, big programs, EGALA programs in Latin America that work specifically with trafficking and street children, and as well as in South Africa, and of course um, programs in in our country too that that work with trafficked victims. Um, and so I think one of the big things about it is one horses give the opportunity to work through things physically as well as emotionally. And it doesn't require verbal talking. Some, some people have been through trauma talking about it is not necessarily going to fit for them or even going to be the most helpful thing for them. And there's a lot of research that talks about how how trauma is held in our body, how it's it's um, in our brain, in our body. And I think what what we do with the horses is the horses give an opportunity to work through things physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in a way that's about movement and doing and and being in the moment. Um, the horses end up playing out aspects of their trauma or their lives, whatever needs to happen in the moment is what happens in the moment. And the clients are able to project onto the horses things so that they're not having to look at them directly at themselves. They're looking at themselves through the horses. Um, You know, the horses seem um, hurt or afraid and then they can go help the horse feel a little better. And then through that, they're helping themselves feel better. Um, so it's just things like that, that I feel are especially powerful. And and like I said, we've had some really amazing results with, with working with both children and young and adults, um, doing this approach. Yeah. Well, and I want to talk more about the psychology of it and, and what goes on inside the humans as they change. But, um, I also, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. We have a lot of kind of corporate innovators who are trying to run or grow their organization and, and that's another side I'm really interested in is this expansion where did you say you have 4,500 people that have been certified now? Well, we have 4,500 members that are current members. Okay. We've had uh, more people over the years than that that have been through our training. And, you know, this is a new, unique niche, I guess, uh, industry or approach yeah. to mental health. And so 
yeah, we were definitely starting in a in a world of nobody knowing what this is, and and for the most part, being very skeptical about it. So, like, what's the what's the pushback you get? What do you have to overcome? Well, one, I think in the mental health community, I think anything that's a little bit different is looked at with some skepticism, where there's not research behind it when you first start. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, working with horses, people immediately think, oh, that's just recreational. How is that serious? Mm. Um, and so we had to really kind of <laughs> keep yeah. developing that. No, this is actually a, a professional approach that we're using. We're using evidence-based uh, theoretical foundations to how we're facilitating the process with the horses. The horses happen to add this extra dynamic that is really helpful for the clients. And so it was really getting the message out slowly but surely that this is effective and this is something to at least check into. And yeah. a lot of it has been when people experience it, that's when they get really bought in. Like, wow, this is this is amazing. We haven't experienced anything like this before. Um, so that's helping spread the word. And I think over since 1999, when we started, definitely there's been a lot more interest. It's growing in the media. There's more exposure to it. We still have a long ways to go. But most of our growth has come from word of mouth mm -hmm. uh, more than anything else. So, so I, I'm interested in getting some advice from you here because I feel like our problem at Mylan is similar but kind of the opposite. Um, we're really focused on this um, learning by doing kind of turn people into a valuable advisor to their staff instead of just telling their staff to change, actually like helping the staff solve problems in their life and attracting the staff to actually like their boss for a change. And then when the boss says we're doing this program, there's less resistance to it kind of thing. And uh -huh. for us, it sounds too much like everybody else. But yet once people try it, they stay our clients for years kind of thing. So I'm interested in any advice you have of how do you get people to come try it? What have what have been different things that you tried? What worked? What didn't? How do you how do you get people to come try something that experiencing is going to make the difference? Well, um, first of all, I think we we are fortunate in the sense that there are some people out there that really have an interest in horses. Mm -hmm. So that's been the first people who at least will give us a glance. Will give us yeah. a glance. Um, and then, and then once they've experienced it and again, realize this is nothing like anything they've done with horses before. It's, it's such a different paradigm shift because it's not about directly teaching horses or training horses or learning about the horses. It really is about learning about yourself. Um, but I think one, it was tapping into horse lovers and then also tapping into mental health professionals who, are, realize there's a lot of uh, uh, cl um, clients out there that just need different approaches. Um, clients that are in with addictions that are in corrections or involuntary clients or people that are, are children, youth that are not as verbal, I think are, are usually a lot more open to trying out new things. And so I think it's been tapping into that market as well. And then slowly but surely the word starts getting around of, hey, we really – you got to go try this out. Um, so I, I think a lot, we have really worked to mobilize our network of members to be out in their communities, putting on demonstrations, uh, presenting at conferences. So I think having a, an association with a membership has been so valuable to really maximize the people who are supporters to keep spreading the word. 
Yeah, you know, um, I know uh, we both know Amy Stellhorn and the Big Monocle people who uh, we've had on the show here already. I think Amy talks about that as like going to the watering hole where people already are, you know, when it comes to marketing. Yeah. Um, so specifically, I mean, it sounds like the horse people love you, um, but the when it comes to that skepticism, what what did you guys, where was the, I mean, you've been doing this almost 20 years now. Where do you feel like some of the breakthroughs were? Was it doing some of your own research? Was it, what, what do you feel like we're kind of in that discovery of building this organization, building this network? What do you feel like were some of the wins that you started to get more and more mental health professionals once you figured this out or something like that? Is there anything that comes to mind? Well, I think one was to start messaging to the mental health community instead of to horse people. Mm. Um, and the nice thing for me, I guess, is my background. I'm actually not a horse person. I, I didn't grow up with horses. I'm a mental health professional. And so I really am coming at this too, with an understanding of what mental health people who don't have an interest in horses or would kind of be really skeptical about it. I, I would have been the same way had I not experienced it myself. And so I think in some ways I have some extra, um, ideas about, well, this is this is what mental health people are interested in and what they need to hear and see and how it can help their clients. Um, I think the other aspect is because we have a very clear model, we have a really clear identity of who we are. And so when people come and, and experience our training or experience this, they they see we have theoretical foundations. They see there's a purpose behind everything we're doing. And that's important, especially for mental health people to like recognize, oh yeah, there's a reason behind this intervention and, um, and be able to communicate that. So I think that's been another aspect of just being really clear who we are and being able to communicate who we are. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's genius that you guys have created a certification. Um, I look at these organizations like, uh, the Chartered Financial Analyst Institute and these these groups that have created a standard. And it's like it's done very well for them. Um, and how many countries did you say that you're in now? Did you say 50 countries? Yeah, I think we're actually in over 50, oh, just over 50. Interesting. Um, how much do you feel like creating a certification, becoming a standard ha- has been a reason for that spread? Or do you think it's other factors? Well, I think that has been a main factor is our certification and not just the certification, the standards that we have and the model itself. So people who come to our training, they get um, they experience the model itself and then they are passionate about it as well. And one of the main reasons our members say that they appreciate being members is because of the standards that we have. You know, people at least, you know, the members that we're attracting that we want to attract are people who care about high standards and and having a, an association to align themselves with for that credibility. So especially as a, a new industry like we are, having some backing to say, hey, it's not just me doing this and I'm not just doing whatever I feel like doing. There's a whole international network of people doing this and there's a whole framework behind it that can be researched and that can you know, you go to this EGALA program, you'll know what you're getting to go to another EGALA program. So I, I think that's been really helpful. And um, so, yes, my, my, that was my long answer, too. I do think the certification and the training has been really helpful. Well, it's interesting. I feel like the, a, a short-term win would be having lower standards and letting anybody in. But for like a long-term win, I can see how having high standards, having them enforced, things like that, 
make it more desirable and for people to want to be a part of. Yeah, that's that's really true. I mean, we've had people come to us and say, hey, will you just um, change your standards so that we can be a part of it? And we've been very clear over the years that we are not intending to be all things to all people. And this is who we are. And not that we're not always open because we are constantly learning and constantly evolving and refining who we are. But our ba- the basic foundation of our identity has always been there and, of, and our value system, you know, high standards, our professionalism, our integrity, our, our the fact that we're always learning. And so, um, yeah, I do believe in the whole concept of being focused and not trying to be all things to all people. Um, you know, if, if we're not that for them, there's someone else out there that will meet those needs. Sure. So, and if someone either feels like this is something they're interested in, or this is something they'd be interested in getting certified in, where's the best place for them to come to, to learn more about that? Well, our website is probably the best place to start egala.org. Um, and that gives information about what this model is as well as, uh, becoming trained and certified. Primarily, this is for mental health professionals and equine specialists. You work together as a team, although we have a lot of other kinds of professionals who also come to our trainings who end up working as a third-person part of the team, Uh, an organizational development specialist, for instance, or a special education teacher. So so we do have different uh, diverse people who also attend. Um, Our primary focus, though, is the, the, the fundamental team is mental health professional with equine specialists. Our website also gives uh, information on how to find a program in your area. So if you're interested in in checking this out more from the client standpoint, um, both either as an individual or a family member or for your organization, then uh, you can check out a program that might be in your area through our website. And I, I just looked at your map. I mean, you got people in the U.S., Europe, South Africa, Australia. I mean, this is all over. Um, and and just for anybody who is listening, uh, the website is E-A-G-A-L-A. So I think when I first thought EGALA, I thought it would be E-G-A-L-A, but it's E-A-G-A-L-A dot org. Um, and so um, I think that's probably a great place to stop for part one for the episode. Uh, please tune into our next episode. We're going to keep talking to Lynn about uh, what 20 years of this work ha- has uncovered that maybe people wouldn't have guessed right off the bat and, uh, and other discoveries she's made. So thanks so much for listening, and we hope to have you back at next episode. We're going to cut off part one of the interview there in the interest of time. We've had feedback that people would rather have 20 to 30-minute episodes, so we're going to break the interviews in half. Please check back tomorrow for part two of the interview. And as always, come to iCollective.co for show notes. And to learn more about child rescue, go to the menu and, and look at our child rescue page and see if that's something that you'd like to get involved with. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.